0: Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at
1: ronanddon.com.
0: Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 250 now. 250? the 250? Ron- yeah, the Ron and Don Show. We're live from the Les Schwab Studios, and don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere and real estate. Real estate right now, people think they can't buy and sell in this market, and Ron, you've written quite extensively about this in the newsletter this week, right?
1: Yeah, it's um, we got a very detailed statistical breakdown of, of Seattle and of all of King County and the east side, which I studied quite a bit, and there's some very intriguing things in that study. Yeah.
0: Uh, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we'll talk about that. Also, we'll talk about at what age are you the happiest? And also, Miss World. Miss World is just giving up the crown. You're not going to believe why she's given up the crown. It's an outrage, and she said she's just not going to stand for it. I'll tell you what she's not going to stand for coming up here in a few short minutes. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Tents, tents everywhere throughout Seattle. It's heartbreaking. Uh, If there's certain parts of Seattle you haven't been in in a while, like I haven't been in the Soto area. I haven't been down around I-5 and Cherry. I haven't been under the West Seattle Bridge. Um, I haven't, and I hadn't been out to the Ballard Commons for quite some time. And everywhere, everywhere we look now. We just see more and more tents. And they say, in fact, there was just a study on this. And I don't know if the city will own this. But one of the reasons we have so tent- so many tents here is because we have a lot of people that are homeless. And one of the reasons we have a lot of people that are homeless is because there are open-air drug markets here. And the cops look the other way. There's no way they can police it. There's too much going on. They can't police those RVs. They can't police those tents. They can't even poli- police... Uh, our neighborhoods right now. There's not enough cops to do that. So with that said, uh, there's kind of a new idea, Ron, that you and I were just talking about off air that involves the, the charter, the mission of the, the city of Seattle.
1: I find this really intriguing. I, I'm wondering what your take is on it. So there is a big article in the Seattle Times here recently. What they're, they the business owners. There's a group of business owners in Seattle that are saying their frustration level is very, very high for all the reasons you just said. And they said, what if we mount a campaign and we need to get all the signatures and do the whole ballot initiative and all of that stuff that we're all familiar with, if you pay attention to politics in Washington at all. And their their goal is to change the city charter, the, the actual charter for the city of Seattle. And they want to include – there's a couple of changes, but the big one is that there will be – the city's charter, part of its mission will be to keep – streets, parks, and sidewalks clear of tents and encampments. So that would be built in to the charter. So what that does is it is a lever for the business community to push when these encampments pop up. And the other thing that it does is it's not incumbent on them to figure out the pricing or the mechanism by which that happens. So there, which is, which frees them up from going the immediate pushback, which already happened from the sort of homeless industrial complex, as you dubbed it a couple of years ago, um, of saying, well, how do we pay for this and where do they go? And did it, like all that stuff? Like we don't care about that because, because we've shown that Seattle I believe is second in America in terms of expenditures on this problem. And we're 963rd in results, I'm making that number up, but, um, sounds close though. But so what they're saying is not our concern. We don't care how you pay for it. We don't care the methodology that is used. That's not our department. We're trying to be business people in Seattle. And so we just want it written in that this is part of the deal. If I'm going to live here, then I'm going to pay taxes and I'm going to employ people and I'm going to live in this very expensive city and pay all of these benefits to all my employees. Part of the deal should be that when I walk out to my car, that I'm not getting panhandled and I'm, I don't have to step around 25 tenths between me and my car or me and my home or whatever. And um, so immediately the pushback has been the obvious. How are we going to pay for it? where are they going to go, whose responsibility is it, et cetera, and so forth. Navigation teams are gone. Now the fire department's trying to invent a a different version of that that's not from police, it's from fire. So all of those things are happening. But on the ground level, is it the responsibility of a city? Should it be baked in the expectation people can't encamp in various spots around a given city.
0: See, that's already part of the ordinance. There's a no camping ordinance. So, and and you don't even have to post that sign. We see those signs posted. So, I can I can take it to any Seattle park. Like if you go to the Ballard Commons right now, there's 120 tents in that park. It's very clearly marked that there's no camping in that park. So we know that there was camping before COVID. Now the excuses become, well, we can't move people around because of COVID. Which is true. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty good excuse that we don't want to be moving people around. The other thing that you hear them say is, well, we can't arrest our way out of this. That's true. If somebody is super high and you take them to jail, uh, a lot of times uh, the jail won't take them. If they're super high.
1: So now they go to Harborview. They got
0: to go to Harborview. And then we've gone down that road before of how many first, second, third, and fourth responders get involved with a high person that you tried to arrest and take to jail. So with this issue, uh, that doesn't work either. The the problem that we have is you've had politicians here say for so long that, hey, this homeless crisis, we got to own it. All these people are from here. They're our brothers and sisters. And that's not true. I have talked to too many people. I have knocked on too many RV doors. I have talked to too many campers in too many parks that aren't from here. They're from here now that they've been here six months or 12 months or 18 months. It's pretty rare that I run into someone that's actually from here. I, I, I remember one gentleman that I met when I knocked on 17 RV doors one day and I found one guy that went to Queen Anne High School. Everybody else, the other 16 people that I talked to that were in those campers had come from uh, some other part of the country and they came here because, quote unquote, they felt like there would be jobs here. Some of them probably did come here for jobs, but many of them are coming here because of our open air lacks drug markets and also the fact that we have great services. We have really nice services. Uh, and also, we allow you to live in great parks that, and you think about the money, some of the places that people stay with these tents, I would love to stay there. I would love to go to ca- go camping there and it but, was but proven- doesn't
1: this doesn't this take it out of law enforcement to the realm of politics? So the ordinance you talked about is a law enforcement clause. This would be a political clause, so you could be a CEO uh, of a of a company with political clout here, and you could call the mayor and lean on them and say uh, you know the, you're they obviously have gotten nowhere with the, the law enforcement angle but if they can lean on it politically." and say, we negotiated this, it's in the the charter, you need to figure it out. Doesn't that give them another way to apply pressure?
0: No, I think it it just has to do with the attitude. And and people here, uh, all you have to do is look at the people that they continue to place in office. And if you look at the city council right now, Uh, the city council was of no help when it came to defunding the police. They're like, okay, we're going to do that. But then what's the plan afterward? And they didn't have a plan. No
1: help for chop.
0: Yeah. So it really depends upon how we're going to look at this as a city and how we're going to look at this as a community and what we're willing to put up with. And like, for instance, in Bellevue and Redmond, they said, we're not willing to put up with this, but in Seattle, it's very apparent that we're willing to put up with this. And, and then what you have like in Snohomish and Pierce County and other places they just point to Seattle and they look around their community, like down in Pierce. They're like, hey, do you do you want this to become King County and what we're seeing in Seattle right now? We absolutely don't. And so what we have seen happening in parks here are not happening necessarily in parks in other, in other communities. So.
1: I, I think it doesn't hurt. I, I think if we get enough signatures to do that, That it doesn't hurt to give these businessmen. Businessmen do not know the chief of police typically. They do know a representative. They do know the mayor. They do know high-priced attorneys. And so they do like to work the back channels. I think giving them every conceivable lever, uh, if they think it's a valuable thing, I will go along with that. Because I want businesses... I want medium-sized and small businesses to still feel like they have a spot in Seattle.
0: Yeah, well, I'll go back to city council then, and I'll go back to how you're going to enforce that because when it comes to businesses, it's one of the reasons why Amazon is not walking. They're running to the east side right now. Uh, I have a, a friend that controls a building in downtown Seattle, and he just moved his whole... And they own the building. He just moved his whole staff out of this building, and they didn't walk, they ran to the East side and they just set up shop over there because they don't want to pay the $250,000 in head tax that they are going to have to pay in the building that they're in. And then when you walk downstairs, you're walking through feces and urine, uh, in tents and garbage and people breaking into your cars, all that stuff is going on. So if a business person, if we're going to give them that kind of power, uh, then you have to figure out a way that you're going to enforce that. And we don't have the ability to to enforce that. We just don't. And, and and we also don't have the ability to do a better job at embracing the businesses that are making the city go and making the city run right now. Uh, I think
1: they're just trying to break through the log jam. And there's not a lot of opportunity if you're a business owner. You've already voiced your opinion. Maybe you've already given politically to, to candidates that you think align with you. I think there's a, a, a pent-up desire to how do we break this logjam. And so it's maybe it's the thing that breaks it. Probably not, but maybe it is. Yeah. So I don't think it's a bad thing to have in our charter. All right, let's talk more on the other side of this. I don't think we'd have this house if it hadn't been for Ron and Don. If you find yourself dreaming about a new home, go from just a dream to the dream team. Schedule your time at ronanddonsitdown.com. This house popped up. As soon as we saw it, Ron and Don were here. Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well prepared. There were houses we were interested in.
0: They would go and preview them if we wanted. One time, Ron went and then FaceTimed us as he walked through several houses for us, so that we wouldn't have to come over and waste the trip.
1: I was surprised how quickly, especially after meeting with Don, how quickly they kind of zeroed into what I was looking for. And I don't think we would have like found this house or been as successful with another realtor or doing it without. A, I can't imagine doing it without a realtor.
0: I was just um, so impressed with their professionalism, their competence, their responsiveness, their respectfulness of our process.
1: Ron uh, basically did a check for the areas that I said I was interested in buying. He gave us a whole list of uh, properties that were available. He came with us Sunday morning, and we looked at probably five different places. It was a very smooth process.
0: I think that they definitely brought their heart and soul. They did a great job. The market was super hot. We were just such beginners that we didn't know that we would be able to compete. We got so lucky. I don't think we could
1: have gotten this house without Ron and Don. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com.
0: Hey, it's GForce O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode uh, 250 of the Ron and Don Show. And again, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. So if you need us, just write Ron, Ron at Windermere.com. I'm Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Everything at Ron and Don, sit down.com. Uh, Coming up, Miss World has had it. In fact, uh, there's a big Miss World fight that we have to talk about. Before we get to that, though, let's talk about happiness. Uh, some new research out about when we're the happiest. Uh when when have you been the happiest in, in your life, Ron?
1: This was a really interesting article because they wanted people to pick the optimal age. And so, you know, you pose it up as like, would you if you could just freeze yourself in time, they're like, would it be like nine years old, like you're carefree? Um, you know, you, you're living with, like, you don't have to work a job. You are being taken, can you get three meals a day and a place to live because of your parents? So like you, you, you're locked in at that age. Would it be someone like that you're nine? Would it be in your teenage years, in your twenties, you pick a decade, what is that optimum age? And so what the researchers thought would happen is that it would be somewhere, um, either really young. Where you, you daydreamed about being 18 again, or it would be when you've lived a life and you're full of wisdom. Uh, so towards, you know, late fifties into your sixties where your retirement and you're kind of, you know, you've sort of figured out uh, as much as you're going to figure out about your life. And so what they were surprised with is people picked in their thirties and the, the rationale as they broke this out, and I think they studied about 600 people is that there's this, exhale from your twenties that like you go into your, you graduate high school and everybody kind of thinks they know everything and you're ambitious and you're going to go out into the world. And so they say that twenties kind of beats a lot of people up. Uh, You don't get the jobs that you wanted. You don't get the relationships you wanted. It's harder than you thought to do whatever the thing is you thought you're going to do. Then so you get battered around a little bit and then most people find some sort of path Uh, around 29 or 30 and then by your mid to late 30s you're on that path and maybe you've finally gotten married or you partnered up maybe you've had a kid uh you maybe you're not in your uh college dorm room with the couch that you found on the side of the road anymore like you've sort of you're a little more established and yet you're still it's sort of peak performance in a way like your body is not begin to break down in the same way it does later in life. And so you're sort of, you have an energy level and a physicality about you. And so when I read that, I was like, yeah, like if I could, I think of myself as mid thirties, like in my mind's eye. And there's also some brain science that goes along with that, where we know that the, the amygdala and the frontal lobe of the brain develops into your early twenties, your identity in, with brain chemistry solidifies uh, in your mid thirties, and so aden- when you when you think of yourself in your mind's eye, you picture that person in your mid thirties, most people, and so I would, I'm totally on board with that age. I think that that um, if if I could choose an age, it would be early to mid thirties.
0: No, yeah. yeah, I think that's that's interesting because I, I think there's a difference between. Between happiness and joy. And I read a book a number of years ago by the Dalai Lama about joy. And he talks a lot about meditation. He, he, he meditates like in a 24 hour period, he meditates like 26 hours.
1: He's, he's, have you ever seen his sense of humor? John Oliver did an interview with him. He's very funny. He is, he
0: is, he is brilliant. And if you have a chance to, to read his book about joy, you should read that.
1: Do you call him Mr. Lama?
0: Yeah. And, and, and and I re, I really think there I I think a lot of us do chase happiness and 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 I think some of the wiring and in some of us men when we we're little boys and you're always asked what are you what are you gonna do when you grow up what are you gonna do when you grow up what are you gonna do when you grow up uh, what are you gonna be when you grow up what are you gonna be they, well, they never ask who are you going to be in the in the sense of I may have eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 different jobs, but I'll still have a sense of me. Mm -hmm. And I can't say in my twenties and and thirties and even into my forties that I didn't identify with my job. Like we, 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 you had to be hard charging to get the broadcast jobs that we got with no broadcast background (laughs) and not going to broadcast school and, 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 and and what we did. And maybe we'll tell that story sometime. I don't think there's a time to tell it. If, if, If I told a younger, like knowing what I know now, I, I wouldn't have attempted to do what we attempted to do. I wouldn't either. In the places that we moved, and in a lot of ways, all that when I look back at it now, pretty fun, pretty fun, but also really exhausting, really exhausting. Uh, And then always wondering when you lost your job, if you lost your job in a city typically you couldn't work in that city again uh, for various legal reasons and contracts that we signed. So now, you know, you're having to move again.
1: I've thought about that. Cause you had a scholarship to Notre Dame out of high school and you thought at that time, it was like, maybe I want to be a lawyer. If you had taken the energy and dedication that we put into broadcasting and went to Notre Dame, became a lawyer, had a, a Notre Dame law degree, um and did twenty years of that? Where who would you be and what would you be like? I
0: would have hated it. Yeah, like I, I like I don't think about that at all. Like I don't like I love the path. I love the road. I I love how hard it's been at times. The heartbreak, uh, the fun because it's been a lot of fun the opportunities that we've had, all that. I'm, just, I'm, I'm really grateful for all that. So I, I, I don't,
1: in my mind... And who wants to go to Notre Dame anyway? Yeah,
0: in my mind, I'm, just, I'm 54. That's who I am. Really? I'm, yeah, I'm 54. And, and next year, if I'm still around, I'll be 55. And, and I'm an older dad, and I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a son. He, he told me the other day when, when we were doing something together, he said, Daddy, I don't ever want to grow up. And that to me was a beautiful sign that, that he is enjoying his boyhood. I didn't always enjoy my boyhood. I always wanted to grow up. I always wanted to get out of the house. I always wanted to get away from my father always. And, and the, in the, and the fact that, um, he is enjoying his boyhood. That, 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 that means a lot to me. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. My mom always said, "Bloomer, you're planted. I'm, I'm good at 54, but damn, did I have some fun when I was 33. (laughs) See you on the other side of this.
1: Today's show is made possible by your friends, Ron and Don, licensed realtors with Windermere Midtown. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com.
0: Hey, guys, before we get out of here, episode 250 of, of the Ron and Don Show, I, I think it's really important to get this information out because I know a lot of us have been concerned about Mrs. World. And, is it Mrs.
1: World or Miss World? This is Mrs. World. Mrs. World.
0: Yes, and what happened at the Mrs. World... I didn't know there was
1: a Mrs. World. Yeah.
0: There. She is now speaking out after being arrested. Wow, what happened to Mrs. World? Because of what happened in Sri Lanka... Uh Mrs. World went off the went off the rails a little bit. She really did. And and so anyway, let me just read this is from uh People magazine. Wow. You really
1: go on top shelf.
0: Reigning there. Mrs. World, Carolina Jury. She has announced. This is an announcement. Uh, and I think we're the first to break this, I'm so besides glad. People Magazine and everybody else that has read this. In I bet World.
1: everyone in the Ronda Nation is on pins and needles right now.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Uh She's going to do it. She's giving up her crown. Wow. Mrs. World is given Nobody up her crown. Nobody saw that one coming. Well, we actually did. Oh, we did. Of, because of the controversy. Everybody saw that one coming. Surrounding her behavior, on at the Mrs. Sri Lanka pageant.
1: Right. I mean, we all remember that. What happened again?
0: Yeah. So anyway, uh Pubishka De Silva, everybody knows this, won Mrs. Sri Lanka. Remember of course. We are talking about she's this a, right a, before the. She's a Sri Lanka darling. Right, right before we were recording. During the crowning ceremony, and this is what everybody in the Ron and Don Nation has been outraged about. And this I'm is getting why, emails, private messages. Thousands of emails. This is why we have the update today. Uh, there, there was a problem during the crowning ceremony, and this happened just this past Sunday. What jury did is she snatched the tiara off of De Silva's head... Oh, boy. ...claiming that De Silva was divorced which everybody knows is against the pageant
1: rules. That's like rule number one.
0: De Silva, however, clarified in a Facebook post, and I just looked at this so I can verify this, that she is separated, uh, she is not divorced,
1: and she also says that she was injured uh, during the incident. Well, tiara snatching is no uh, laughing matter, Don.
0: While taking off De Silva's crown, she was allegedly injured and jury was arrested and released on bail. This happened just this past Thursday in relation to the interest uh, this incident. Jury discussed the drama in a video post about her decision to step away from the pageant that has been tainted now. It's been tainted, and it has been. This is a taint. This is a full-on five-star taint. How close it you is, it f- has you? It has been tainted because of the attack.
1: You really go down deep in these pageants.
0: This is tiers. what I love about her. Okay. She takes the stand. She says, quote, I will always stand for what I believe is right. Close quote. That's what the former title holder said in a video while wearing her crown and sash, which is weird to me because I thought she lost the crown. But it was probably some the reason,
1: previous, from her previous victory we before in Sri Lanka. We
0: don't know where the crown's from. It's just she has a it's crown a tiered, on a sash. Dear. She could have gone went to
1: Walgreens and t- got a crown and a sash a t- and t- threw t- that on. Tiara,
0: what's that? Tiara. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, she goes on to say that every beauty pageant has a set of rules and regulations. What I was pushing for from the beginning was a fair stage. The rules and regulations are equal to all. Rules aren't there so that we can find loopholes so that we can win at any cost. I believe the rules and regulations are there for a reason. And uh, she says she will continue to stand on this. Uh, the Mrs. World pageant, though, has now spoken and said they don't want to discriminate against divorced or separated women, but they do emphasize the celebration of married women. So,
1: I mean, I'm glad we cleared this up because there's been such outrage uh, in the community about this. Yes. And so uh, we all follow what was Miss Sri Lanka? We, I mean, we all follow that pageant. Closely.
0: Well, I'm just glad you stood up for the injustice. This happens to me all the time on Bumble. A woman will say, You
1: are you Are you Mr. Sri Lanka?
0: (laughs) (laughs) They always say they're not divorced. What they don't tell you is that they're in the middle of a divorce. Yeah. Anyway. Are we done now? We are. He's Ron and I'm Don. Thanks for giving us great lives, you guys. Thanks for listening to episode 250. And if you need us, just reach out. You can write Ron, Ron at windermere.com, Don O'Neill at windermere.com. Everything is at Ron and Don Sitdown.com. And we are bringing out a lot of properties, you guys. And we just sold properties from Port Orchard to Everett uh, to Queen Anne Mountain to Normandy Park, uh, all over Uh, this country, tis of thee. So uh, if you're within the sound of our voice, uh, chances are we can help. Okay, unless you're in Sri Lanka. Anyway, we'll see you next time for episode two fifty one. Head up, shoulders back. You're listening to Ronan Olé! Only.
1: Only. 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 Only.
0: Scared, of Charlie. Only. Only.
1: Hey. Thanks for listening to
0: The Ron and Don Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage.
1: Ha! I'm not kidding. <laughs>